your exclusive home for prop sports. Oh, it's good! It's good! This is Rowan Radio. Connors with the game winner! 89.7 WGLS-FM, Glassboro. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. And now, here's your Monday host, Larry Dealman. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're listening to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester, and I'm not alone here in the WGLS uh, Sports Department production studio. I have Connor Brown, Ali Pontano, and uh, Laquan Burroughs here on this Monday afternoon. So we have a lot to talk about today. Um... We took a week off, so we have a lot to get to from this week and last week. We'll start off, as we usually do with the NFL, we'll talk about our Week 6 reactions, a lot of things happening yesterday in the NFL. Then we'll get to the MLB. A certain team in Major League Baseball is doing very well in the postseason, so we'll get into that. And then the NBA will wrap us up uh, at the end of the show. We'll talk about opening day, which is tomorrow night and some other news in the NBA, and then we'll get to our top five as well. So we'll start off with the NFL. Week six, a lot of things going on, but the one thing that happened yesterday, I got four words for y'all. How about them Cowboys? Cowboys took the L last night in primetime. The Eagles are now 6-0. and Allie, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on the Eagles still being undefeated as they go into their bye week. I don't know. Something just nags me in the back of my mind of don't trust the Eagles. Because, hear me out here, the Eagles almost lost to Arizona. And also the trade with New Orleans for all those draft picks. Yeah. So why would the Eagles get all those draft picks with them already saying, in a sense, we don't trust Jalen Hurts? Now they're 6-0 and and undefeated, and it seems like they really do trust Jalen Hurts. Right. But there's just something there nagging me saying, don't trust them. They're, like, I don't know. Just those circumstances, it's iffy. I'm seeing a lot of comparisons. I don't know if you guys have been seeing it. Uh, people are comparing these Eagles to the 11-0 Steelers from 2020, and they got bounced in the first round. I don't know if I'd go that far just yet. Uh, Laquan, I'll go to you. Your thoughts on the Eagles still being undefeated? Um, now they got the big win against Dallas last night. Thank God. Um, Thank God. What What are your thoughts on all that? So, really, for me, how I'm feeling about it is, um, I'm glad they're undefeated. The issue is just like you guys were talking about with like the the Steelers going um, whatever their record was, and then yeah. losing in the first first round we've done that before that one year that we were doing really great with nick Foles right before chip kelly came out and cleared the eagles out we were great that season and then lost the first round of the playoffs so right i'm excited but i'm also being smart and not taking it too close to them yeah it's good to 
uh, keep expectations not too high for right now. I mean, toward the end of the season, everything could change uh, where it's like, okay, this team is a legit Super Bowl contender. I, the thing that I can't stand right now about the the national media and all the other uh, haters is that everybody's saying, oh, the Eagles haven't faced anybody good yet. Literally, when they came out the schedule, every team in the NFC East was at the bottom for easiest schedule in the NFL. I forget the order, but the Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, and Commanders had the easiest schedules this year, and yet nobody's batting an eyelash about the other ones. Connor, as a Giants fan, your thoughts on the Eagles uh, continuing to dominate, and your Giants now are in second place ahead of those nasty Cowboys. Yeah, so I think the thing you're overlooking with the the easy part of the schedule is that the Eagles really haven't played anyone yet this season, and they're go- they're going to have tougher teams, you know, on their schedule, you know, moving forward. Uh, right. You know, teams like the Giants and Cowboys have have probably played tougher teams so far, but that that's not to take away from the Eagles because the Eagles, I mean, right now they're probably the scariest team I'd probably say in the NFL if you just look at depth wise, each position they can beat you in so many different ways. The this disappointing thing with them right now though is that. They last night should have been way more impressive than it was. They they put up a twenty spot in the second quarter, going into half, looked like the boys were done for, but then the Eagles let them back in, and, and that's something the Eagles have done this season, where they, their offense disappears in the second half, and they they allowed Cooper Rush, a Cooper Rush led Cowboys team, to come back into that game, and Cooper Rush looked like he was seeing ghosts out there last night. <laughs> if they have Dak out, you know, it, it could have been a totally different circumstance, and you could have ended up losing that game. So I think the scary thing about the team not playing, you know, a full four quarter game yet is if they can find a way to, you know, play four full quarters. I mean, they easily are the Super Bowl favorite. Yeah. The other side of that coin, though, is that you, you could be looking at a, a late season collapse because you never quite figured out how to play in the second half because you are getting off to these awesome great leads in the first half. Like that, that is exactly how you want to start the game. Now, how do you keep that lead in the second half? And I just think it's it's hard to sustain what they're doing right now, especially once you get to December and January. Yeah, I'm looking, like Connor said, uh, toward the end of the season for the Eagles. Honestly, it, it could be um, could be a good stretch for the Eagles. The last five games the Eagles have at Giants, at Bears, at Cowboys, versus Saints, versus Giants. So the Giants, we don't see them until mid-December at the earliest. You know, the Bears and the Saints, I mean, come on now. Uh, Dallas on Christmas. Dallas on Christmas Eve should be interesting. But I know the Eagles have an easy schedule. But that—that's what they were saying during the Super Bowl. Year no, two, well, no, no. What, yeah. well, what I'm saying is though, like in their first part of well, yeah, of the schedule, they really haven't faced anyone too tough. I mean, yeah. and I don't even count the Vikings because you guys just own the Vikings. Like you own their soul. Kirk so, Cousins yeah. is owned by Monday Night Football. And, and yes. It, yeah. I mean, so the Eagles had the number one easiest uh, schedule. I knew the Giants had the the, the second easiest and, and and that that's not really an excuse because that's also at the same time you play who you play and anyone in the exactly. nfl can win each game and it's just parody yeah laquan exactly oh are you agreeing, agreeing with him okay uh yeah, yeah i was just i was just basically saying like at the end of the day football is football you can't you, you can always say oh like it's an easy schedule but then we've seen lots of upsets before we've seen the jets do it plenty of times we've seen the dolphins back when they weren't as good as they were do all the time so yeah yeah i'm just looking at the schedule so the cowboys host the lions next week at one o'clock that's the 23rd the eagles next game is one o'clock on the 30th this is their bye week next week uh, and they will host the pittsburgh steelers so a lot of things going on in the city of brotherly love 
All right, so how about the Bills? They finally defeated the Chiefs at Arrowhead in uh, Kansas City. Josh Allen had an MVP performance. He even hurdled a defender like he normally does. Uh, the Bills are now 5-1. and one. That only loss was... Um, Oh, to so the Dolphins. Oh, why was I thinking it was to the Rams? No, no, no. They, they beat the Rams. It was the Dolphins a few weeks ago. Laquan, um, are the Bills the clear-cut favorite in the AFC, or do you think that they'll have to get through uh, the Chiefs at Arrowhead again? Allie, I'll go to you. Um, I really don't know. It's a toss-up. It, like, the clear-cut two favorites are Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. But we saw the Bills just take the Chiefs at Arrowhead. I feel like it's going to be a toss-up to them until they meet each other again in the postseason, like how it has been for the last couple of seasons. But right now, I definitely want to say Buffalo because they look like the more complete team. Like Josh Allen, if he has like 10 more performances or even the rest of the season like that, I think he's going to be the MVP. Like, this is Chiefs Bills, like, one and two. Can't go wrong with that. Like, just saying. Yeah, and there's some good points there. The, uh, the I think the Bills look really good. I don't know if they're the favorite right now. I mean, they probably are, but to get through the Chiefs again. It's uh, going to be tough. It's going to be tough. I it think will. they could do it, like, their defense. The Bills can definitely do it. Yeah, like if their defense can get back to being healthy, yeah, they can then do it. Been, they're golden. They're golden. Yeah. Yeah. The Bills, honestly, and I think the one thing that's been um, their Achilles' heel is trying to find a running game, like besides Josh Allen. I think I should say um, that's one of their uh, kryptonite. So we'll see how that works out. Connor, anything to add? Bills, Chiefs, is this like a, a rematch waiting to happen in Kansas City? Yeah, no. So I, I spoke a, a bit too early about the Eagles being the Super Bowl favorites, like at this point in the season. No, no, you can you can definitely say well, that. Oh, uh, like let, let me actually backtrack because like actually actually it's the Bills because the Bills are very much like the Eagles where they have depth at each position. I mean, I guess you could argue you know Bills don't have great running backs, but I mean I, I think that's disrespectful to. Uh, Devin Singletary, who's just had the past couple of years, has been a really effective back. Same with James Cook. He's getting some looks. Um, I, I just think the Bills also have that depth that each one of their positions went out and got Von Miller. You saw Von Miller make some big plays yeah. yesterday against the Chiefs. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's really just going to be a toss-up and who gets the ball last. And, um, yeah, that, that's kind of how I, I feel, um, you know, who's going to come out the uh, AFC. It is still early. You know, there could be some dramatic injuries that happen to these teams, unfortunately. Yeah. So I uh, don't want to talk too, you know, soon about that. But, yeah, right now it, it has to be the Bills. A lot of people are thinking it's going to be Bills and Eagles in the Super Bowl. America is not ready for that Super Bowl. It's going to be crazy. Table yeah. smashed the versus, like. The pregames, Philadelphia <laughs> and Buffalo will be destroyed. Like, yes. Every table in America will be season. done for. Um, just, I, I, I don't think America is ready for that kind of Super Bowl. Yeah, be, you it, know, I just, I just have to criticize the fanatic real quick. Ninety-seven point five. Oh they, no. They, they said Philly was the best drinking city in the country, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa! You forgot really? about Buffalo because there's right. only one thing you can do up in Buffalo, and that's drink Coors Light and get heartburn <laughs> with some good wings. Heartburn. No, I no. Mean, not Jordan. Dumping through tables. Jordan, you're Matt, gonna see all that alcohol in America just disappear. 
<laughs> I think uh, I think there's, there's not going to be any left after that Super Bowl. There no. will be no left. Nope. Nope. It'll be like the COVID run, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. Fire's just coming up all over the place. Oh, what's going on over there? Oh, you know, pregame. You're fine. Eagles, Bills. Billy almost burned down their, their whole city by themselves just by winning the Super Bowl. Imagine the, both those teams together. That's pretty much, okay, pretty much what happened at Tennessee this weekend with the goalpost being taken oh. out, oh, that gosh. is the prelude to this event. <laughs> that is the yes. prelude to an yes. Eagles-Bills Super Bowl. That's not even in the, that's not even the entree. So, <laughs> um, yeah, if it's, you don't – uh, folks, if you don't know what that's a reference to, the goalpost at Tennessee, please look it up. It is quite hilarious. Uh, Tennessee and Alabama this past weekend. And then we'll, uh, let's see, another week six. Uh, Connor, the Giants are 5-1. and one. The Jets are 4-2. and two. What is going on with the New York, New Jersey teams right now? I mean, it, it starts with good coaching. And you kind of asked on the itinerary if I thought they were contenders. And, you know, obviously not. I, I think it's a very nice story that both these teams are off to. You know, starting with the Jets, I mean, they definitely have a talent advantage over the Giants. And I, I think it's kind of by a wide margin if you kind of just look. They're very young. I think their average age is like 24 on the Jets. So wow. they have a lot of young studs that are kind of coming into their own. I mean, it's just number two, Zach Wilson, who's kind of holding them back right now. He's done enough. He's got that dog in him. He does. Well, <laughs> we're talking about on the field, you know. Um, he, uh, he he does. He's done enough this year to lead him to a four and two record, and he's been tough. But like until he evaluates, you know, kind of takes it that next step. I'm not really believing in the Jets too much. Okay. And then just with the Giants. They're a good football team, and they're probably going to have a better record at the end of the season than they actually have talent on the roster just because of, like, we just talked about the easy schedule. Yeah. You know, unless a collapse of historical proportions, but, like, that wouldn't be too surprising. It's It right. just starts with the coaching for the Giants. So, Dable, Kafka getting created on, on offense with these grocery store, you know, cashiers at wide receiver. <laughs> and then Wink Martindale has just done a great job of dialing up that offense. Uh, defense, excuse me. And then my man, Daniel Jones. I just, this is the last thing I'm going to say about the Giants today. You know, he's starting to grow on me a little bit. Um, I'm, I came into the season not wanting him back next year, and I, I, I'm not quite there yet. I, I don't want you guys to think I'm, I'm talking crazy or anything like that. But this man has limited all of his mistakes that he's been making, you know, in the past couple of years. He only has, I think it's three turnovers on the year. I think it's four, it's four or five. It's, it, it's, he has three interceptions in two fumbles, I believe. But it, anyway, <laughs> I'm starting to consider as a possibility of him coming back next year just because of, you know, how bad this wide receiver core has been. And if, if you know, I'm kind of talking myself back into some, like, conversations from last year if they had a better wide receiving core. But, uh, man, I don't know. I'm just – I'm starting to, like, kind of like what I'm seeing from Daniel Jones. Connor is is hopping back on the Daniel Jones train and it has no breaks. I mean, I, I just I, – once I started – once I said I liked them, like, my mind just started scrambling. I, I couldn't – get a coherent thought and i still can't right now so right now the giants okay so they beat the ravens yesterday next four games at jacksonville uh jaguars are much better than they look on paper uh at seattle that should be interesting that's a 425 game uh versus tech uh, versus houston and versus detroit so interesting couple games yet lines have a really nice offense this year geno smith mvp season guys um, and Duval should be very interesting. All right, and then to wrap up our NFL segment, uh, we will go right to our Monday night football preview. Broncos at Chargers. Wow, it's so, it's I'm I can't even contain my excitement right now to see the Broncos on prime time again. <laughs> 
So it's it's crazy, man. Nathaniel Hackett deserves a coach of the year at this point. <laughs> AFC West showdown between Denver and Los Angeles. Um, well, Los Angeles is the the cousin, not the re- the Rams are Los Angeles. So the Chargers, uh, Broncos in prime time have been horrific. The Chargers are injured to heck and back. Um, Laquan. Do we even have expectations at this point for the Broncos? I mean, what what's going on in the Mile High City? The Broncos, they just keep making the same weird mistakes. I just don't understand. They Their they're, they're, uh, choices that they've been making are absolutely horrible. I don't understand why they can continue to play like this. So I, can't, I feel like they're going to find some way to screw this up again this week. I don't see them getting the, themselves together anytime soon. Allie, we got a score prediction over there, and uh, who? I really don't know anymore. After yesterday, I'm just kind of <laughs> done with football. Like, I have a theory that my team <laughs> sold their soul to the devil and gave all their Super Bowl chances to Philadelphia. Yeah. But for this <laughs> game, I really don't care. Like, hey, 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 hey. I mean, Packers. The, char- football, I, football, the Chargers gotta, are going to win. We all end. know that. Packers at Eagles in prime time, November 27th. Uh, Allie, do, you, do you want your win already? Yes. Allie's a Packers fan, and they lost to the Jets at home. So that's a, that's, that's, that's two weeks worth this of L's. This is bad. But, like, for this game, we all know that the Chargers are going to win. They, okay. They're taking their W. Connor. I appreciate, first of all, how much you care about your team, Allie. Um, <laughs> you know, we, you know, it's you could get into that, but um, you know, I, I'm gonna put myself out here a little bit. I think this is gonna be a little bit of a Broncos get right game. Whoa. Um, wow. I'm gonna predict a 24-20 victory from the Denver Broncos because I mean, I'm not the biggest Russell Wilson fan. Um, you know, just some of the stuff he does outside of football, he annoys me. But what we've seen on the field from him this year just doesn't correlate at all to what we've seen from him in the past. I look to him to get get right against a divisional foe and they'll be 3 and 3 after this game. Yeah, the uh if a char- if the Chargers win, that would tie them with the Chiefs for first place in the AFC West, though the Chiefs hold that tiebreaker. The Broncos win, that would tie them with the Chargers for second place and obviously they would be ahead of the Chargers over a tiebreaker. Uh, I don't know what's going on with Nathaniel Hackett. A lot of people are saying he could be done, a one-and-done. He just does not look ready yet. No, so, he rode the back of Aaron Rodgers. He was the LaFleur. offensive coordinator in Green Bay, so I don't know this if he way- will. He might be a Josh McDaniels where he might never be ready. Exactly. So yeah. we'll have to yeah. definitely uh, keep an eye on that. All right, so we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get to the MLB. We'll talk about the Phillies and some of the other games going on. But first, we have to check the WGLS campus calendar. Would you like to explore your next career opportunity or prepare for your next big interview? Rowan University's Office of Career Advancement is here to help you with your resume, cover letter, and interviewing techniques. The OCA specializes in one-on-one career counseling, job search strategies, and self-assessments to suit your interests. Take advantage of their career workshops, job fairs, and other special events through the year. Stop by the OCA in Savitz Hall or visit them at sites.rowan.edu. This campus calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, your source for campus news and information. We'll be right back after these messages.
Coverage of prop sports on Rowan Radio is made possible in part by the Brown and Gold Gridiron Club. The Gridiron Club is composed of former participants and supporters of the RUGSC football program, whose goal is to bridge Rowan's athletes past, present, and future. If you would like to support the club, participate in Gridiron events, or would like more information, the email address is gridironclub at rowan.edu. The Brown and Gold Gridiron Club is proud to support prop sports on Rowan Radio. Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned into another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for the semester. And I have Connor Brown, Laquan Burroughs, and Ali Pontano here in the WGLS studios. All right, so we just finished talking about the NFL, Week 6 reactions, Monday Night Football, all that lovely stuff. And now we'll get to the MLB. Oh, my goodness gracious. The number seed, the number six seed Phillies are facing the number five seed Padres in the National League Championship Series. That's a sentence I never thought I'd be reading to this. Uh, let's see. So the pretty much the top four seeds in the NL are gone, including Connor's Mets. Uh, I see Mr. Brown nodding. You are a Mets fan, right? Yeah, no, I am, but oh. I, I don't understand why. Uh, you know, you have to say that. Well, it's just, I'm just it's, it's a fact. It's a fact. Congrats. Uh, thank you. So the Phillies knocked off the Cardinals and the uh, no, no, I'm sorry, the Braves and the um, the Padres knocked off the Mets and the Dodgers. The Dodgers going out uh, in the second round is kind of hilarious. They were a 111 win team and they got bounced. Uh, but the Phillies look really good. Uh, Laquan, I'll go to you. Do you think the Phillies have enough to get to the World Series? As a fan, I want to say yes. But you got to realize that they, while they've been playing really good, Philly has had a lot of, of examples in their past of how they can mess it up and how we get our hopes up just for them to kind of squander it in the end. So I really want to say that they do, but I can't fully trust them either. Yeah, there were some good moments uh, these last few games. The bats are really uh, moving. Obviously, Bryce Harper looking really good. Reese Hoskins has had his moments and not so great moments in the defensive side of the field, but everything's looking good. I was ready to say Joe Girardi, uh, Rob Thompson, Rob Thompson, leading the way at the managerial position. Here's a stat: so the Phillies have not been to the World Series since 2009, and the Padres since 1998. And we will have a Bryce Harper, Manny Machado, and LCS Connor. Your prediction, anybody in particular in how many games? Because now we are in a seven-games series. Yeah, no, I, I do think it's going to be the Phillies in six. Um, if you just look at kind of you know, what you want going into a postseason series, and that's having two elite arms. And you know, that's personally why I was talking a lot of smack about the Mets this year is because <laughs> they had two elite arms, and they had some really clutch hitting. Now, we've seen – the Phillies do exactly that in the postseason so far. And, and Wheeler and Nola down the stretch were instrumental to getting you guys there. And then the bats have really just woken up. Yeah. And I, I th there, there's something going on right now where I kind of feel something in my bones where I just I, I don't think the Phillies are going to really be stopped until they get to the World Series potentially. Um, so I'm going to give the Phillies in uh, five. Okay, Phillies in five. Uh, game one is tomorrow, by the way. So – 
They start out in San Diego for those first two games, obviously now in seven. Because, like, of, baseball is so tricky. That's why I just, yeah. I just like to keep it, like, simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. The one you know? thing the one thing I'm questioning, uh, Castellanos, he's going to be a big um, – uh, what am I trying to say here? X he'll, Factor? Yeah, him. Like, it'll, it'll kind of rely on him because he's been kind of cold this year based on his uh, former year uh, – previous year's stats. But I'd really like to see him uh, get moving in the offensive game. Allie – do you think the Phillies have enough to get to the next round? I don't know. The Phillies have been tricky this offseason. Like, I remember the first Braves game they played where they barely won it in bottom of the ninth. Like, it took you nine whole innings to win a game instead of, like, dominating each inning and treat it as a nothing-nothing game. That was the Cardinals series. Cardinals, my bad. Sorry. But, like... Still, like, you're on the road. You should play as hard as you've been playing at home. Yeah. Just the Phillies on the road are a big question mark for me. Once they get to Citizens Bank, I know they're winning. I think if the Phillies go 1-1 one and one in San Diego this series, or even 2-0, and oh, it's a wrap. Like, the Phillies, I think, have what it takes to win uh, both at home. If they go down 0-2, uh, yeah, exactly. that might get a little – ugly but i think the phillies have enough i will say phillies and i'm pretty sure it goes two three two so the padres get the first two at home let me check and then the phillies get three i know in the place obviously in the nba it's two two one 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 now it used to be the two three two thing let me check i think the thing is the two three two i believe but i'm Mm -hmm. not fully sure i am checking right now i thought it was phillies Two games in San Diego. Oh, it's oh, it is two three two. Wow. Oh. Uh, so let's see. So game one and two in San Diego tomorrow and Wednesday. Games three through five Friday, Saturday, Sunday in Philly, and then if necessary for well, game five is if necessary as well. But if necessary, like game six. Games will show us really. Game six and seven Monday, Tuesday of next week, and then the World Series starts uh, next Friday the twenty eighth. So. That could get interesting. Again, if the Phillies win one, it's over. I, I think they could win two or three at home, honestly. So I am excited to uh, flip back and forth tomorrow night between the Sixers and the uh, Phillies, and we'll get to the Sixers in just a little bit. Oh, boy, this uh, Philly sports, what what a year, what a year. And then we'll switch over to the uh, American League as we wrap up our MLB segment. So the Astros got rid of the Mariners the other night, you know, in a casual 18 innings, um, one for the books, and they will host either the Yankees or the Guardians. Oh, my goodness. The Yankees and the Guardians, game five, uh, winner go home is tonight in New York. Lots uh, Lots of expectations there. I feel like the Yankees, like obviously I think the Yankees need to win to justify that 62 uh, home run season by Judge, and Connor's like, oh, yeah. But uh, I feel like the Guardians, you know, both uh, both home series so far, like, you know, two in New York, two in Cleveland, they've been split. Um, Laquan, do you think Aaron Judge and the Yankees will uh, step up or uh, roll over tonight? I have a feeling that they're going to end up getting rolled, rolled over. I don't oh. know why. It's just I don't trust them. Get this victory today. I don't. 
Could you imagine Aaron Judge hitting 62 home runs just to get bounced in the second round? Well, it <laughs> sounds like something they would do. It just, it just sounds like well, New York Yankees, ladies and gentlemen, Connor. No, no, I was just, I was about to say, I, I don't think they have to win any postseason games to validate what what Judge did during the really regular yeah, exactly. season. But what I what I do agree with Laquan is that lately this Yankee team, their mo has been to just lay down in these big situations. Right. The only thing that's kind of pushing me towards picking the Yankees is is Garrett Cole's performance in game, you know, four. That that was an old school nineties Yankees like, you know, pitching performance where, you know, he he only went seven innings, which, you know, guys usually we used to go eight, nine. But he, he threw over hundred ten pitches and, you know, there there was a ch- there, he, there was a chance the Guardians could tack on more in that in that uh seventh inning. But Boone just, you know, went with his guy and and stuck through it. So I, I mean, I I do think there's a little bit of momentum now on the Yankee side. And also last night that their their flight was canceled. Oh. So only a couple hours ago they were still in Cleveland. Oh. Interesting. Oh. Interesting. So I don't I don't know if that's gonna give them a little bit more of a reason to play a little harder. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like even God wants us to lose this game or something <laughs> like that. So. Yeah. Now I, I, that you say that, this sounds like a come from behind type of story now the thing the thing that actually helps in this matter if you like the the flight thing this is not an example of like um maybe the i don't know the padres or the dodgers coming from california to the east coast because new york and ohio are still in the eastern time zone so it's not like you're oh you know you're going to you know indiana or something you're an hour behind now you're still in the same there's not going to be like jet lag per se so that is something to keep an eye on uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. The uh, Yankees have not been to the World Series since 2009. That was uh, Phillies-Yankees. That was the, the year after the Phillies won, uh, where the Yankees uh, came back to beat the Phillies. And uh, let's see. The Astros lost the World Series last year to the Braves, and the Guardians have not been to the World Series uh, since 2016. That is, that's when they were called the uh, the Indians. But that was uh, the Cubs' uh snapping that 108 year losing well world series l so a lot of things going on in mlb as well the yankees or guardians one of them will go to the alcs tonight well they will advance tonight to face the houston astros in um houston so we'll see how that turns out so we will take a quick break before we get to our final segment which is the nba a lot of things to talk about with opening night just around the corner. But first, let's look at the WGLS community calendar. The Samaritan Center is a program that helps Glassboro residents with economic difficulties by providing free food once a month. You can give back to your community by donating food, clothes, or by volunteering your time. Email glassborofoodbank at gmail.com or visit online at glassborofoodbank.org for more information. This community calendar is brought to you by Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM your source for community news and information. We'll be right back after these messages. WGLS-FM programming is made possible in part by the GRASP Coalition, an initiative of the Southwest Council. The GRASP Coalition is dedicated to preventing the abuse of addictive substances through strategic community partnerships. 
The GRASP Coalition is currently looking for passionate collaborators to join their prevention efforts. For more information on the GRASP Coalition, future community coalition meetings, or the Southwest Council, the website is southwestcouncil.org backslash our dash coalitions discover. The Southwest Council is proud to support the programming on Rowan Radio. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. You're tuned in to another Monday edition of Offsides here on Rowan Radio Channel 2. I'm Larry Dealman, your Monday host for this semester. And I have Connor Brown, Laquan Burroughs, and Ali Pontana with me in the WGLS studios. Alrighty, so we just got done our NFL and MLB segments. And for last, the, N- the NBA tomorrow is game one. But before we get into that... Tune in to Rowan Radio for a community affair with your host, WGLS-FM Public Affairs Director Megan Steckler. Hear local and national newsmakers discuss topics that affect you and the community. Get a closer look at these important issues from the people who know them best. That's a community affair every third Saturday of the month at 9 a.m. right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM, also online at rowanradio.com. Uh, the third Saturday of next month is November 19th. So let's get to our NBA segment. Let's see. First two games of the 2022-23 NBA season. Sixers at Celtics tomorrow at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Lakers at Warriors 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So the Sixers and the Celtics getting the prime slot as their first game of the year. Very impressive. Connor. What are your predictions for this Sixers game? You have a winner, a score, any hot takes? What do you got? Um, well, probably just end up picking the Sixers just because of you know the the situation with Ime Aduka. Yep. Uh, that unraveled the season uh, off season, unfortunately for the Celtics. So I could see them maybe taking a little bit of a step back in the beginning of the season, kind of getting used to their, their new coach and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, these first games of the NBA season really mean anything. I mean, I still remember LeBron's first year back in Cleveland and the Knicks beat him on, uh, you know, game one of the season. I think it was like it was an ugly like 92-80 game. And I was like, wow, these the Knicks might be gritty, you know, this year. And I, I think they ended up being, you know, one of the worst teams in the NBA. Um, so prediction, I guess I'll just take the Sixers. But more importantly, I'm just happy to have the NBA back. Yeah, the NBA back is definitely the way to go. Um, we'll see if another Philly team can do well. Maybe the New York teams can do well. Let's go Blue Coats, right? Oh, yeah, and the Blue Coats, too. Very nice, very nice. The Blue Coats, uh, we will be broadcasting those games in the next few weeks here on um, channels, I believe just Channel 2, right? Not Channel 1? Um, couldn't tell you. It should be, it should it be Channel 2, but uh, we'll keep you updated, and we will be broadcasting those Blue Coats games. So, yes, go Blue Coats as well. I think the Sixers obviously have – big expectations this season this is a boomer bust you know you get um pj tucker you get d'anthony melton danny green is gone um doc rivers obviously knows this system well he should by now and just a lot of things to a lot of things to think about the celtics obviously the loss of Ime udoka for the year due to that suspension and here's another thing too that i don't know if any of you were about to say the celtics tomorrow are going to be honoring bill russell Tomorrow is one of the games, I I just read something, 
tomorrow and in February on Bill's birthday. It's against the Grizzlies. The Celtics will be honoring Bill Russell uh, after he passed in uh, July. So that might play a factor, too, like all the emotions of that. Laquan, anything prediction-wise, Sixers-Celtics in Boston? I feel like the Sixers are going to be riding high on the energy that's in Philly right now, all the buzz, all the hype, and I feel like we're going to take the W. I feel like we are a, a very good team, and we're getting better each time we said Bond. We have our issues, but I feel like each time that our core players play together, Maxi and Bean, everybody comes together, we do well. And I'm really looking forward to the season. I'm really looking forward to enjoying myself and watching and going to these games again. And I feel like Sixers W, most definitely. I think if Embiid can average, I mean, I'm not saying, I mean, 30 points per game again would be nice, but if he can get like roughly 27 to 29 points per game, if Maxi can do, uh, you know, continue to dominate, and if Harden can give like 25, 7 and 7 per night, I think that this team is exactly. definitely I feel like unstoppable. Maxie definitely is going to have another breakout year. I'm like not saying definitely. I'm not saying it'll happen, but if we were to get a Houston Harden, that would be nice. I would hope so too. <laughs> I'm not expecting that 36 points per game and like, you know, 15 threes per game, but that would be nice just just saying. I mean, Harden, he took a pay cut. He's looking a lot better. He's ready to go. Um, but a lot of expectations on the Sixers. Some interesting games to start out. They start at Celtics, and then uh, I believe it's Thursday. They their home opener is against the Bucks. So that is eh, kind of an ugly start in terms of uh, you know. I don't know if Allie's a Bucks fan. I go in between the Sixers and Bucks, honestly. Like my thing is, if it comes down to a Sixers Bucks game, and it's like going to the NBA Finals. So the Eastern Conference Finals. Then. Yeah, so like I just toss it up in the air, but like okay. if Sixers or Bucks are in the Finals, I'm like, all right, I'm with this team. So when when uh, the Bucks won the title last year, you were like, you know, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, all right, so she is a uh, Sixers-Bucks fan. Allie. So let's go to the other one, Lakers-Warriors. The Warriors are raising the banner this year. Uh, well, tomorrow, obviously, they had the Draymond Green, Jordan Poole beef uh, about a week or so ago, getting into a little fight in practice. Do you think the uh, you think the Lakers could get a game one upset, or is the when you're raising the banner, do you think the Warriors are just going to have so much excitement that it's just a guaranteed win for them tomorrow? Ooh, that's an interesting game. I I don't know where to place expectations mm. I gotta give it to the Lakers just for Ooh. the fact they're home but like the Warriors on the other hand the Warriors are at home I mean Warriors at home my bad my bad but like the Warriors are just having like internal problems yeah I don't know to be honest but like I just think their problems might get in the way and the Lakers might win by, like, one or two. They said that part of the reason that Draymond Green didn't get suspended was because of the banner night, and they, I guess they didn't want to, like, ruin the moment. But uh, Jordan Poole, we'll talk about him in just a second, but I honestly think the Warriors probably have a good chance to win because tomorrow the Lakers are just testing things out. You have a new head coach in Darvin Ham, Russell Westbrook, whatever's going to go on with that, we'll see how that experiment works. Um, 
I don't I don't know what to expect, but I think the Warriors, um, they might win, and this could be a uh, conference finals preview. Who knows? Uh, and speaking of the Warriors, so Jordan Poole and the Warriors agreed to a four-year, $140 million extension. Andrew Wiggins got a four-year, $109 million extension. So a lot of contracts going around after the Warriors won the championship this year. Laquan, is Draymond Green on the way out of the Bay Area? If he can't keep his pool and he can't keep his head straight, I think so. <laughs> he, like, he, There's really not much else to say besides that. Like, He's letting a lot of outside influences affect him and this team. And if it continues to happen, I don't see – I see either they – force him to leave or he gets up and, and leaves on his own leaving a pile of trash and ash behind him i don't know i feel like he's definitely burning bridges here interesting interesting thoughts i think draymond green he might leave i've heard that oh he might want to go to the lakers draymond green is an unrestricted free agent after next season so not this season not next season but after next season and he will be 33 years old in March. So interesting to think about. But Draymond is the heart and soul of Golden State. Connor, do you think Draymond is on his way out the door with uh, these younger guys getting extensions? Um, obviously, the whole Pool Green uh, debacle last week, and it looks like they favored Jordan Pool first. So is uh, Draymond uh, packing his bags from the Bay Area? Yeah. So I think a lot, little bit of this is getting blown out of proportion a little bit L- let me ask you guys a question Who who's the one nba player you think that would punch his own teammate before this happened hmm. probably draymond or Raj- yeah. rajon rondo yeah. Yeah, that's what i mean it, well <laughs> that, that 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 that's what i mean like this, this has kind of been draymond's mo he's been kind of a guy who who pushes the line and yeah. at times go goes over and i'm not excusing him for you know because that, that was that was pretty violent what he did and, and it's not cool especially when that that's your teammate but also at the same time, these guys are pro athletes. Stuff like this has probably happened before, but we haven't seen it. And yeah, I mean, Draymond really is kind of the heart and soul of this team. He's one of those guys that makes it go. I think it's it's more likely that he's going to retire after his uh, contract is up than wow. he's going to leave here, um, leave, okay. leave the Warriors because you know you, you kind of you're already seeing the, the the decline now. You see it getting it getting to Draymond. Like clearly, he, he's kind of frustrated with his play. And you saw it also in the finals last year. Yeah. So he, he's become very limited. He's still very valuable, though, to the Warriors in what he does as a facilitator and, and on defense. I just think it's more likely than not he retires at age 33 because he can only keep up what he's doing at his size for so long because he, he he's a he's like a passing five who's like maybe 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and with that body and stuff, he's just not going to hold up. But, um, yeah, no, I, I don't think the Warriors, though, are planning to get rid of him because I, I do think there's probably a lot of love for him in that organization. Yeah. So I, I, it, it, would, it would really suck to see him play somewhere else, too. I would love to see him retire as a Warrior. As obnoxious of a player he can be, he had absolutely no talent, but he still <laughs> made it work, man. And that, that, that you got to give your hats off to a guy like that. There's just some players that you just you. It's just like horrific to look at them in another uniform, like Jordan on the Wizards, um, or there's just or like Peyton Manning in the Broncos, uh, Hakeem in a Raptors uniform. Oh my goodness gracious! Patrick that, Ewing, I think, was in a Magic. It was a yeah. He was a Supersonic too. Yeah, that, that was. John Jackson in a Redskins uh, uniform. That 
that did not sit well with me at all. Ooh, yeah, no, that, that 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 one was weird. Sean. Um, yeah, so a lot of things going on with the Warriors. We'll see how Draymond Green uh, deals with uh, all the adversity this season. All right, so to wrap up the show, we will get to our top five. Here we go. Name your top five NFL divisions so far this season. And I put this like in the uh, the fine print based on expectations and or records. So a lot of things have been going on with the NFL this season. Laquan, I'll start with you first. You may go uh, five to one, one to five. If you don't have an order or if you have an honorable mention, go. All right. So I put it from five to one. Okay. So at five, I'm going to have the NFC East. It's weird to me because last year we went from this division being the absolute worst. No one wanted to talk about this division. It was so bad when people were considering not having our teams in these divisions. They kept talking about that. To having three teams who should have been in repair years now starting to just kind of pop up. And I know it's oh, it's a, a lot because of, of their schedules, but I see the potential in a lot of these teams. I'm not going to give the Cowboys any credit because I don't want to give them any credit ever. But I feel like the potential in these teams are are very, very good. I just think out of the, the rest of my list, they're at the very bottom. So I put them there. At four, I had the NFC North. I feel like it's it's just really weird to me how the NFC North, we have the Vikings, who I thought they would be, even though their record shows they're doing well, I feel like they would have been a lot better playing-wise. There are a lot of times that I'm looking at the Vikings and I'm like, wow. And then the Packers, too. Packers, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I don't know what's happening with y'all because every, every week I feel like I have a, a different feeling. And it's just, it, exactly. I see you making those, those motions. Exactly. I feel like they have their great moments and then they have moments where I'm looking at them and I'm like, what What are y'all doing? But I feel like, especially with the Vikings, they got Diggs, they got Thielen, they got um, Kirk Cousins. I feel like they can can make it work. They just need to figure out what they're, they're doing over there. At number three, I have the AFC West. So with the AFC West, the Chiefs, obviously, like they're um, – they're doing their thing. They're they're moving. I feel like they're going to be a great team. And the Chargers, they show potential in a, a lot of games. So I feel like they can definitely pick it up for themselves and uh, possibly see something something cool. At number two, I have the AFC North. Now again with them, they are they have a, a lot of great teams. They have the Ravens. They have the Bengals. They're just playing really weird to me as well. And I feel like they're both going through early rough patches that I'm hoping they can they can turn around uh with the, the ravens they just lost and they lost because of stupid mistakes and i feel like if they can clean that up and they'll be good the Bengals, all they need to do is work on their offense offensive line because if, if you give joe burrow a little bit more time that that Bengals offense is fantastic and that's what they've been missing this offensive line has not been helping um my boy joe burrow over there and they <laughs> they need to start doing that for them to get into top tier for me and, and number that number one, one i'm sorry and number one number one i have the afc east bills i cannot i cannot root against them bills i feel like they are definitely going all the way and a lot of these teams are surprising me again the jets i'm really surprised to hear i don't see them going really far but they've shown a lot of promise and the dolphins the issue was they were doing really well until everything with two happened and i'm 
can't fully count them out yet. But at the same time, there's they're iffy for me. But the Bills, I feel like, is what's carrying that entire division for me. I love me some Bills. I'm an Eagles and Bills fan, so I might be slightly biased. But the Bills show that they are a great team week in and week out. So that's my list right there. Some good choices there, and I agree that the Dolphins were, you know, really looking uh, really good until two injured. Me. I literally talked about when I was on the last one how they're a great team, and that they I see a lot of promise of them to go far. Yeah, the, then, the, I can't. Uh, I think two was supposed to come back next week or something, which is like mind boggling. I would keep him out for the whole year at this yeah, point. Yeah, I don't. Are, are they? Are they trying to like? They're trying to kill. He, he'll be all right. I mean, if if he can play now, I mean, it, it, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't like talking about concussions like this and stuff. Yeah. yeah concussions are a very scary topic, and it's mind-boggling to me that they if, – If I was the coach, I'd keep him out the whole year. I don't I don't care what the doctor says. i just keep him out the whole year, keep him safe. All right, so let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, Allie, I'll go to you. Five to one, one to five, no order, honorable mention. If you have one, go. So this is five to one. Number okay. five, NFC North. This division just hurts me right now. How is Minnesota number one? Chicago's always going to be Chicago to me. How is Detroit actually good? And what's going on with my boys? So that division just hurts. Four is the NFC West. 49ers are somehow actually making good gameplay recently. It's actually pretty surprising. Geno Smith, on the other hand, like... He's looking like Russell Wilson 2.0, like carrying Seattle. So that's surprising right there. Three, I'm going to take it down to the AFC South. Jacksonville, number one. How? Like, it's Jacksonville. Tra- Trevor Lawrence. He's doing really good. Tennessee is holding on. That division can go either way. I don't know. It's mind-boggling right now. Two is the AFC East, Bills, Jets. I don't know what to say about them anymore. Like, Jets aren't gangrene. The Jets are actually, they got young guys making big moves. The Bills are really good, and we all expected that. Dolphins were surprising until Tua, but that division is like the AFC South. It's going to go either way. It's going to be tight. Number one, you guys are going to be proud. I got the NFC East because Eagles are 6-0, and Giants 5-1, and Washington is always going to be Washington, and Cowboys, Dallas, like, come on. You guys went almost undefeated with a backup quarterback. I, yeah. I don't know what else to say. I think Dak should be back in the next week or so. He's looking uh, like he will. So uh, some good choices there. Connor, what do you got? NFC North at five. Vikings have been surprising this year. Packers will figure it out and get to the playoffs by the end of the year. The Bears are a fun, frisky team that will, you know, maybe win a few more games here and there. And then probably the same thing with the Lions, I'd say. And then going to the AFC North, I mean, I'm just looking at pedigree when I'm making this this decision. Because they really underperformed underperformed so far in the division. I mean, the Steelers had an impressive win this week. 
The Browns will be unfortunately better on in the season once they get their pervert back. <laughs> and then the Bengals and the Ravens, same thing too. They've kind of had some early struggles so far, and I think they'll figure it out. And then at number three, I have the AFC West, and I only have them at, the, at, at three when they really should be one because that, they haven't lived up to expectations so far this year with the Broncos and the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Raiders are probably the best one and four team in, in uh, football. I don't think anyone would argue with that. If the Broncos can turn it around, which I, I do think they'll get right a little bit tonight against the Chargers, they could be also be scary. And then number two, got the NFC East, really the NFC beast. And I, I think that's been the issue over the past couple of years is maybe we've just been too good in the division and we've been beating up on each other. And, you know, that's why we've had poor records. But uh, anyway, shout out to my G-men. It, it's nice to actually, like, be happy on Sundays now and, like, <laughs> not want to, like, you know, you know. But anyway... Number one, it's going to be by far AFC East. I mean, all the teams have exceeded expectations. I mean, the Bills have lived up to that. Yeah. But the Jets sitting at four and two. The Patriots have been playing really well with Zappi at quarterback. I mean, I don't think he's played well enough for there to be a true quarterback controversy. But it, it's starting to get there. It's starting to you know heat up a little bit because you know you know you know Bill likes to mess with those those uh, second string quarterbacks for for his first round guys. So you know maybe down the road we'll see a flip. And then, you know, obviously the Dolphins, too, once they get Tua back, I mean, they're as dynamic as anyone in football on the offensive side with their offensive playmakers. So the AFC East is by far the best division in football so far this year. Tom Brady used to be a backup quarterback, and look how that turned out. I'm not saying Bailey Zappi is uh, Brady 2.0. I'm just, I mean, Brady I'm, I'm came just in Say it with your chest, Larry. Come on. Take a chance. Brady, Bailey Zappi is the next Tom Brady. No. no. All right, all right, let's see. I'll wrap up the show. Let's see. Honorable mention, I put on my on the paper that I have with my notes, AFC West, LOL, in, in uh, parentheses, because um, I don't I don't know what, what is going on in the AFC West right now. Broncos look horrid. Uh, the Raiders are somehow 1-4, but, you know, they, they look a little better than their record tells them. Obviously, they could have they won um, last week, but things got a little interesting there with the Chiefs. All right, number five, I'll go with the AFC South. Obviously, it's not as bad as what we thought it'd be. The, the Jags are looking much better, even though they're two and four and they've lost three straight. And, I mean, that Eagles game obviously was, uh, you know, a rain game, so it's it's whatever. But the division looks much better besides the Texans. Number four, I'll go with the NFC West. Seahawks have come out of nowhere. We had you know, maybe them as like a two win team or something. And, you know, they're tied for the division lead at like, like we all predicted. So uh, I'm going to go with the NFC West number three, NFC North. The Vikings were considered to be like one of the elite teams this season. And their only loss was the Monday night SmackDown that they got uh, via the Eagles at the early part of the season. So, uh, and I agree with Connor, the Packers should get back on track relatively soon. Number two, I'll go with the AFC East. The uh, Bills are looking really good. The Dolphins are kind of up and down right now uh, based on their quarterbacks. Obviously, they've been subbing in Teddy Bridgewater and Skylar Thompson due to the Tua injury. But once he gets back, I believe the Dolphins should be um, – it'll be uh, up and away for them. They should be maybe even competing with the Bills for the division lead. Who knows? And number one, the NFC Beast – as Connor said, uh, the Eagles, Cowboys, and Giants looking really good. We don't talk about the Commanders because the Commanders are just trash. Well, I mean, they they got some offensive playmakers. So if, if with Wentz being out, Heineke season, baby. It's, he, it's Heineke time. 
It's Heineke season over in uh, Washington. Carson Wentz is out four to six weeks, so maybe maybe they'll um, get some firepower. But um, I don't know. Eagles looking really good. They could be off to a really really hot start. They have really easy opponents coming up, so we'll see how all that turns out. And that's going to do it for offsides here today. I'd like to thank Connor Brown, Laquan Burroughs, and Ali Pontano for joining me here in the WGLS studios. Make sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. You'll hear me on Mondays, uh, Aaron Hook on Wednesdays, and Danny Ryan on Fridays. So make sure you get all of your sports content as it comes out. So for everybody here at Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM, I'm Larry Dealman. Have a good night. You've been listening to Offsides, a weekly roundtable discussion about the world of professional sports, featuring the diverse perspectives of the Rowan Radio Sports Department. Tune in next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from 5 to 6 p.m. for another edition of Offsides, only on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM.